0: You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and my guest today is Whitney Elkins Hutton. Did I say it right?
1: You you didn't go German on me.
0: (laughs) All right, all right. Whitney is coming to us from Boulder, Colorado. I always think that Boulder and CU should be better at sports because if I visited there as a as an 18-year-old athlete for whatever sport it would be, that I don't know that you could find a prettier campus in the United States.
1: Well, I think the problem is, at least when I was in college and CU was part of the Big Twelve, I mean, so this is years ago. CU was known as the party school. So I guess that's why they didn't attract the athletes. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, when I went to school it was the big 8. So that tells you our age difference because I know they're in the pack they're in the pack 12 now, right? And they're leaving the pack 12. It's hard to yeah, keep they're track. Somewhere
1: they're somewhere getting their booties kicked by
0: But now <laughs> you got Deon, Neon for football. So maybe it's going to be the like the McCartney or McCarthy days.
1: I don't uh, Dion Deion uh, is the coach now, so our yeah. stadiums are full again.
0: All right, so we won't get off track on CU football, and I've got a lot of friends. I lived in Colorado for 20 years, and my first, uh, um, I got uh, some great lessons on life and business and and real estate in Louisville, Colorado, so uh, um, not too far from Boulder, so I, I have a lot of fond memories. We could probably talk about that, but we're not here to talk about Colorado and Boulder and how beautiful it is. But we are here to talk about what Whitney is doing and some of the cool things that she's doing to help people and serve people and helping people break away from the herd. So, Whitney, just give us a little bit of background, introduce yourself and tell us what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so I'm the director of investor education here at PassiveInvesting.com and we are a private equity firm based in the Carolinas and we focus on helping investors invest and stabilized cash-flowing assets in the hottest markets in the United States all growth markets and we love multifamily self storage and we also really love express car washes they are a high cash flow low overhead you know operational investment but we the way we purchase it is that we purchase the brand or actually we own the brand we purchase the land and then we also own the third party management company so it's all in one vertical and, anyways, we also have a first position lean real estate debt fund, but that's what we do here at passiveinvesting.com. I also personally coach newer investors to help them understand their investing goals, their risks, their timelines, and help them align themselves to the best real estate asset class that matches their, you know, they're not just their goals, but also their personality in the time that they have to invest so they can take advantage of real estate the cash flow, the capital preservation, the equity growth, and the tax benefits in the way that suits them best.
0: You know, I love what you just said there, because I always think about it like this is, you know, you meet somebody and like in a personal relationship, you meet somebody and it's just like you have this connection and the energy is right. And you and and that makes all the difference in the world, right? But then when we get into investing in the way that we run our business, we kind of ignore that. And we think, well, I want whatever this other person has. And then it doesn't feel like this right connection and the energy isn't right. And you know what? The results are the same as if you go into a personal relationship with somebody that you don't have the connection with or the energy with. It's normally a disaster. So I'm not saying that it would be a disaster in the business, but there's a few things that I like about what you just said is there's so many people and we talked about and you do infinite banking uh, yourself is when people are looking at putting and we have clients that are putting millions of dollars a year into their insurance contracts and then they need to go out and do something with it and they understand that you know now i'm going to do that with the insurance company's money and they're just going to charge me an interest only loan at four or five percent with the companies that we're using and i'm going to go out and make this money and so i'm going to leverage i'm going to spread but in the 10th year or so i'm going to put a dollar in be able to put a dollar 50 into the investment. And when I look at this as a long-term thing, it's amazing. But what people need is what do I do with the money? And how do I trust the people that I'm putting it in and they're not gonna lose my money because if I lose my money then, and all of that. So I wanna talk about that, but you said something about car wash. So last year I attempted to buy a car wash and I gotta tell you about it because it was in the parking lot of the Costco in Naples, Florida. And you literally get gas at the Costco and you look at the car wash, right? But it was full service, right? Full service car wash. And so my partner and I, we thought, you know what? These moms and dads that are got groceries in the back and they got the kids and they don't want to get out of the car. They want it to be automated, right? They want it to be. uh, what'd you say? Self-serve? What, how did you just,
1: we do express car washes, but maybe what you're wanting is an automatic, but yeah, they just, well, express meaning
0: you don't get out of the car, right?
1: Uh, generally an express. You don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is like the, the, you have this great car wash, but nobody wants to get out of their car. So everybody leaving Costco, I want every single person getting gas at Costco to go through the car wash. Right. And and so anyway, long and short of it, this guy's tax return didn't match his books and we ended up not buying it. But I think I could have turned, it was about 8 million for this car wash. And the reason is because of the land was worth about Mm 6.5. And I think I could have turned it into a $14 million asset pretty quickly because if I put the express in there. So anyway, didn't work out. But talk to me about the maybe the economics. Let's talk about car washes for just a minute, because I think there's a lot of people talk about RV parks and storage and all of these things that are going on. But let's talk about what you see in car washes. And then I want to pivot, Whitney, to how you match people. Like you said, like how you match people, what's the process of that? So Mm -hmm. tell me why you like car washes, number one, and then let's go to that.
1: Well, I mean, I think the first part w- when you're considering car washes as an investment is to fully understand what type of car wash you know yields the best results or uh, could would make a good investment and like you said there there's um the full service car wash that's where you drive your car in, you get out, you got army people cleaning out the interior of the car, it goes through the short tunnel, gets washed, and then and army people wiping down the car. You have the automatic car washes, which are generally attached to a gas service station or a lube station where there's only one or two car, wa- car wa- cars that can be washed at a time. You generally don't get out of your car either, but the interior doesn't get cleaned. Um, then you have the DIY car washes, which are kind of like short of driving in a garage and you know, as I put it, we actually have a car that has to go through one of those. When I take my daughter, I just pray, you know, I'm dropping my scan in my credit card and I just pray she doesn't <laughs> spray me with a hose. Right. My name is the express takes the best of the automation from the automatic car wash and then matches it with the full service, the result that you can get from a full service car wash and blends those two together to create, you know, kind of like a marriage of convenience of. Time savings, but also an amazing result to the customer. And that that type of car wash is a really low overhead. We can run that type of car wash with about two to three full time employees. And so when you talk about business, you know, because that's what investing in a car wash is—you're investing in a business, a cash flowing business. One, we want to increase the income as much as possible. We want to decrease the expenses, and we want to add additional streams of income, like you would with multifamily or self-storage real estate. So what are the ways we can do that with an express car wash? Well, you know, to increase the income, we move the customer from a single pay interaction to a monthly subscription. Now, a lot of investors scratched their head and they were like, well, won't we start losing money that way? Because now they can come every day and wash their car. Know that we have data, you know, in our portfolio, but also carwash.org that indicates that, you know majority of people, you know, our customers come and wash their car on average of 1.8 times a month. And the actual washing of the car, the water, the chemicals, the electricity, all that, not the overhead, not the CapEx, is 80 cents. Ours, we're actually down to 83 cents a wash. Okay, so if you're charging $25 for your base monthly membership, and it costs a dollar sixty three for a total wash <laughs> between you know when they're coming twice a month. that leaves you a lot of leeway to cover the overhead for actually operating the business then there's ways that we can decrease the income right with our buying power that you know we're now one of the largest car wash owners in the United States after just sixteen months now in the business, and because of that. We're able to drive demand or we're, we're able to demand lower chemical costs. We're able to demand lower, you know, equipment replacement costs, just like you would, like if you had a multifamily portfolio, we, you would try to negotiate with your vendors and drive down your cost. Um, and then adding additional streams that come, you could do it a couple of different ways in express car washes. You could literally charge for added scents and vacuums, which some of our competitors do for us, we want to create more of a value add feel. So again, with our buying power, we're able to drive down the cost of equipment for the vacuums as well as, you know, the free the scents and stuff like that and include these into the memberships to make the memberships more valuable. So if somebody is looking at a membership at a competitor across town and it, you know, Maybe it's $25 a month, but they want vacuums and scents and all that. Now their membership's inflated to $35 a month. But we can actually include that in our membership for $25 a month. You know, They now can see the value add there. So that's really what helps us stand out in the business. And one of my favorite things that we do at some of our car washes is that we have a pet wash in there. I have an Uh 80-pound puppy just a, about a year and a half and there's nothing more <laughs> annoying than getting your car clean and then throwing a dirty dog in the middle of your car
0: i love that i love so, that concept. and it's
1: not that much of a capex over you know uh, equipment it's just a few hundred dollars and you can tack on five dollars a month to membership yeah wow. and, and yeah you've got you Hey, you know you're wash. I don't. I hate washing my. Well, of course she's 80 pounds, so she's a little big to get in our bathtub. But like that's something I don't want to do. I'll go mess up somebody else's place (laughs) to wash. But that gives you like a little bit of nutshell of why we would do that. It's a high cash flow business. We buy the land associated with the business, so we're stabilizing the profit and loss statement. So as I say, we own the land, we own the brand, we own the third-party management company. So we really control the end-to-end vertical there. We're not doing this through a franchise model, which has its own issues of whether the operator actually owns the land. Do they own the market share? Are they able to market you know through the entire area? Or do they have to divide it up with other people who own a place in the same franchise? you know, like if you owned maybe Bob's Car Wash, right? And you had one on the west side of town, I had one on the east side of town. We probably would have a line drawn in the middle of the town saying you can market to your people, I can market to my people, but we can't market across town. Right. So there's just some inherent things that I don't like about franchise businesses. It's not to say that it is a bad way of investing. You just need to know that it makes business a little there's some additional business challenges and it could make the exit a little bit more challenging as well
0: you know there's a you're right it's also when you think about again i'm not discouraging people from exploring franchise businesses but because i think especially if you aren't experienced in running a business they're going to give you billing they're going to give you systems but you pay for that and it does cut into your profitability But one of the things that I see is that people are marketing franchises as absentee and businesses typically are not absentee. Now, Mm -hmm. again, I say that with having over 30 businesses that I own, but I bring in partners, operating partner is essential. And I think with any franchise or any business that you have to have that operating partner. I mean, they have to Mm -hmm. have at least a little piece or have the potential to earn a little piece people ask me how do you do that and stay absentee and it's very simple it's i I guess it's simple you you hire really good people and you overpay them i mean and when i say overpay them you pay them very well and you give them an opportunity to act like an owner and be an owner so that's a simple formula but simple simplicity is elusive finding the right person is still elusive i love what you said about what i wanted you to hit on because i don't think very many people realize is that 80 cent point is everybody can do the math if somebody's coming in twice if, if you're if you if your cost is a dollar 60 and they're paying 25 dollars on average and it's kind of back to the, like the gym model right is uh you know that's the I, I used to run the the gold's gyms in kansas city in in the 80s and would never want to be in the gym business that's just me but I do want to be in the car wash business because it's not as labor intensive as the gym business. There aren't all these other risks and everything else that you have in the gym business and the gym business is like, Hey, you know, who's got the, it's, it's just, that's a, it's a tougher business, but that subscription or membership is key because mm-hmm. I really think that that's such a cool model. But what I really like about what you guys are doing is, Let's say somebody's a doc or they're a well-paid W-2 employee, but they're still exchanging time for money. So they can't really go, hey, I'm gonna start doing infinite banking and I've got a million dollars to go put into something and I'm gonna learn about multifamily and then I'm gonna do that. That's normally not what you're gonna do in your forties, fifties, sixties and beyond. And so what you need is it's who not how. Don't try to figure out how to do it on your own when you're at that position in your life. Figure out who you can partner with. And it's like any other business. I put money in, I earn this, it costs me this. Is it profitable? It's just math, right? Mm-hmm. So talk about how people would work with you and in your company and who's a good fit for your company.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I think when we talk about profitability, because that's what investors are looking for especially if they're using like a you know infinite banking policy or something like that. What's beautiful about express car washes is that an express car wash can handle 450 to 500 car washes a day or more depending on the length of the tunnel, right? Yeah. Whereas if yeah. a full service gas, you know, full not gas station, but a full service wash, which I know a lot of people are marketing those too. I mean, yeah. they're maxed out, you know, with a high employee overhead, probably like around 200 washes a day. It's really difficult for them to scale past that point. And so that just, you know, like I said, it makes this a really cash-intensive business. So whenever somebody who is a passive investor looking at the business, especially if they're using an infinite banking policy, you know I look at what kind of cash is, throwing the, is that asset throwing off that allows me to repay the loan that I'm taking to make the investment you know am i breaking even am i making a little bit of money for us we do a 10 percent preferred return and we usually hit that 10 re- percent preferred return by year two or year three so it's very quick and usually year one still can be a nice arbitrage for people our past portfolios are year one cash flows around seven percent mm-hmm. and so it's a nice you know even a little bit of arbitrage in year one definitely ramping up by year two and three and then some of our portfolios modeled at year 5 is 12 to 15% cash on cash. And so now you're cooking, right? Now we also yeah. do an equity split on the back end. You know, to date with our portfolios it's been 60/40 back end split. we have various IRR hurdles in there, you know, when we hit 20% IRR, we start flipping it to a little bit more where we're splitting, splitting more easily with or evenly with the general partners. And I can go through all those numbers, but it tends to confuse people. Yeah. Um, But anyways, those are really nice returns for somebody who is using this type of policy. Now, As far as who we look to work with, any accredited investor, and we will have opportunities here in the next few months where we can work with a sophisticated investor on this type of investment. But for right now, an accredited investor who sees the value of their time being spent in a higher and better use than something else, and they want to deploy capital in a passive manner and reap a return that way. So it could be somebody who's a high income earner, you know, maybe a business owner who has needs to focus on something else. It can be a retired or I, should, I shouldn't should say retired, but like, you know, somebody who's a little tired of owning single family properties or small multifamily properties themselves. We even have other operators who see the value of diversifying their portfolios into operational businesses. That own the land, own the brand, and that are operating more like a commercial real estate play, like a self storage, than they are like a true business service business, like you know a landscape pump company or something like that. So people who understand how to layer on technology and reduce like that overhead and leverage the technology as much as possible. So those are our main buckets. Um, yeah. There was something you said at the beginning, people who are nervous when they start investing using their policy. For me, I love doing all that due diligence. I mean, that is my thing. Because when you start making that switch and investing with in other people's businesses, you do have to know, love and trust them, right? Mm -hmm. You have to do an immense amount of due diligence on them first, because they are the business right? They can put out any numbers they want to on a pro forma, right? And But you need to know that they can actually execute, right? And that they are who they say they are. But for me, you know, I, why I love utilizing my policy to invest is because it insulates me a little bit as an investor, because if I just totally jack up. <laughs> when I pass away, you know, my daughter doesn't pay necessarily for me having jacked up on an investment or two
0: yeah you know something that i tell people all the time and i love that you shared what you just shared because i agree with you to me i give this example but i bought this electronics refurbishment company in nebraska and i did it on an earn out basis but then i found that we had this old inventory where we sold off all the old inventory and basically I put like $75,000 down on this company was all. And we found $400,000 of profit in the first four months, which would happened to be the end of the year. So I asked people, well, what's my rate of return? And they want to divide $75,000 into 400000 And I go, no, 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 that wasn't my money. That was the insurance company's mm-hmm. money. I only paid interest on it for four months, which is 3700 bucks, And I go, they go, oh. That's your return. Mm -hmm. Well, now I own that business free and clear and it cash flows. So now, I mean, my return is infinite. That's why it's infinite banking concept. But as we were getting ready for the show, Whitney, you shared something that I tell people, and I love that you said it because you said, Hey, the problem that I have is the money's coming back to me too fast. And it's in that flow like if I'm taking my money and one, let's say, I take one of my policies and I say, it's gonna be the Whitney fund. I'm gonna just take it. You're gonna give me a return. I'm gonna turn around and give it back to you. And you're just going to rinse and repeat. It will get to the point where there's too much money coming back and it won't fit in the policy. And I'll have to do either one or two things. Either I do more loans, right? I do faster loans or I expand my system, which the answer is you should do both. It just depends on the timing and what you can do and what opportunities you have. But talk a little bit about that real quick is just you know, what you've seen with your policies.
1: Well, yeah, it, it comes in phases and it's like hockey stick growth, at least it was for me. So you know, when we first opened up the first policy, it was on me. And um, anyways, I mean, it took a few years. I mean, we could have started borrowing immediately right away, but we had cash sitting on the side that we wanted to get invested. But then I started, you know, making you know some loans and, and, and paying them off. And I'm like, oh, I can see the power of this. But it took a few years to get that to that first profitability or that first policy to break even, like around, you know, it was like year six, year seven, somewhere in there. And now we've used it to open up several, you know, buy some assets. Also, like we opened up a camper van business here a couple of years ago during COVID, still going strong right now. And then, so we decided to open up another policy and because we had extra cash laying around. So like stuff it in there, get one going on my husband. And then, you know, some of our other businesses started taking off our other assets. Some of them repositioned in 2021 and 2022, which was a great time, you know, early part of 2020 or all of 2021, and early part of 22 22 to reposition assets and lock in that appreciation. But then we just like, now we have cash and it's, you know, you just, it's been, I mean, you know Crimea River first world problems it's been a bit of a struggle to get that you know all that cash reinvested, and so where do you put it in the meantime, right, to protect it from creditors and predators and you know earn a little bit of interest on it, but you know put it in an environment to where you can now like you know again can, like you said expand and grow the business. And so it's been a balance, you know, trying to, to get that all figured out. But again, it's a nice problem to have, but, you know, I think it's hard leave it. you know, even for people that I coach one-on-one, it's a little hard for them to see themselves having that issue in just five to seven years.
0: And you know what, you said a couple of things. One is thinking long-term is hard for people sometimes anyway, but you know nelson nash who kind of wrote the 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 best book on on this subject and was kind of the godfather of infinite banking way back when is he was a forester so he understood replenishing the the natural resource and he related this money pool to that and he would say People get hung up on their, they're like, hey, I don't want to put as much money in there as is like, I don't want to put all my money through the insurance contract. And he would say, well, you put all your money through somebody else's bank and then they go use it like I want you to do. And so it's a mind shift and a paradigm shift. And any time that we do that, it's hard because, you know, we could probably talk about habits and forming new habits and everything else for hours, but it is new. But I love what you said, because. I tell people, you know, my biggest problem is the money's coming in too fast and I need to find opportunities all the time. And there are times when I do, and there's times when I don't, but guess what? I can just hold the money in there. I can expand my system. I can do a lot of different things. Whitney. Okay. As we kind of wrap up here and I really appreciate it. I, I really first, before I ask these couple of questions, how do people engage you? How do people find you learn more about you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you're interested to hear more or learn more about what we're doing here at passiveinvesting.com, you can go to passiveinvestingwithwhitney.com, and that's a landing page on our website. And there I've got some free goodies for everybody you know, an ebook on how passive investing made simple, and you also get access to my calendar. And I also work with people one on one at ashwealth.com.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so. Whitney, you've obviously broken away from the herd. You live in one of the most amazing parts of the country. And I've never would have left there if we had Zoom back in 2008. But that's a whole nother story. What's the best advice that anybody's ever given
1: you? I think everybody's probably expecting me to say something in relation to real estate. But I think for me, it was in my 20s. I was playing Ultimate Frisbee in, at a very high level, at the national level. And one of our coaches was like, Hey, you know, Whitney, you would catch more flies with honey than you do vinegar. And it was just something that landed with me because I didn't realize how I came across sometimes and how I was relating to people. And I've taken that comment forward in my life and and realized that, you know, really what they were trying to say to me was just like build relationships with people and really deeply care and serve. And then it will come back to you.
0: You said no love and trust uh Lou Holtz used to I mean he he's probably still doing the same talk trust commitment love I mean it it all comes down to the same thing is it's relationships it's connection it's having the right energy and and finding that person so that's why I like I like everybody in the audience to get to know people like hey you know book a time with Whitney and find out if this is right for you all right last question if you could only retain the knowledge that you've received from one book that you read, what would it be?
1: For me, it would be The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. That, that's been one of the more transformational books in my life. There's obviously like amazing business books out there. But for me, that was, and I read that book every year, like everything, every year I take away something from it. But it's been an amazing pivot in my life to focus on priorities And, um, you know, look at a different way on how I spend my time and energy. Uh, And and just every year, my lens in which I read it through shifts a little bit. And so, yeah, that would be the book for me.
0: You know, you said something really important is I think that, again, when I was coming up in business, there was a sales trainer, Tom Hopkins. And he would say a champion goes back to the basics once a year. So when you have these pillars of knowledge in your life, if you go back to them every year, it's kind of like football players. They go back and they do blocking and tackling. Right. I don't know how to play ultimate Frisbee, but I assume there's basics. Right. Mm -hmm. That you go back to. And if you don't do the basics right, it's hard to get good results. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, but so I, I love that and going back and just focusing on that. Whitney, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. And I really am intrigued by what you and your company are doing. And not only the coaching thing, because I think the coaching, you know, everybody knows part of the secret of success is find somebody that knows what you has, what you want and do what they did and get them to coach you. Everybody has a coach. Anybody that's smart has a coach. Tiger Woods has a coach and he's the greatest golfer of all time. And guess what? His coach can't. And I, don't, and I don't want people out there that are saying, I'm making millions of dollars a year. I don't need a coach. You still need a coach. Tiger Woods is the best golfer of all time. He has a coach. So you,
1: you just need to sh- somebody to help you process things. You know, that's good at processing, good at decision-making, but also good at showing you your blind sides. Yeah. And where you might not be fully seeing the full picture, that will help you break apart those big assumptions that you have in your life. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been the miracle for me, like with coaching. So, No,
0: that's cool. I agree. So Whitney, thank you so much for being on the show and Breakaway Wealth. We're going to end this show like we do every show with the incredible words of Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.